Chapter 14 Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback Quirrell, however, must have been braver than they'd thought. In the weeks what followed, he did seem to be getting paler and thinner, but it didn't look as though he'd crack yet. Every time they passed the third floor corridor, Harry, Ron, and Hermione would press their ears to the door to check that Fluffy was still growling inside. Snape was sweeping about in his, in his usual bad temper, which surely meant that the stone was still safe. Whenever Harry passed Quirrell these days, he gave him an encouraging sort of smile, and Ron had started telling people off for laughing at Quirrell's stutter. Hermione, however, had more on her mind than the Sorcerer's Stone. She had started drawing up study schedules and color-coding all her notes. Harry and Ron wouldn't have minded, but she kept nagging them to do the same. Hermione, the exams are going away. Ten weeks, Hermione snapped. That's not ages. That's like a second to Nicholas Flamel. But we're not 600 years old, Ron reminded her. Anyway, what are you studying for? You already know, know all of it. What am I studying for? Are you crazy? You realize we need to pass these exams to get into second year. They're very important. I should have started studying a month ago. I don't know what's gotten into me. Unfortunately, the teachers seemed to be thinking along the same lines as Hermione. They piled so much homework on them that the Easter holidays weren't nearly as fun as the Christmas ones. It was hard to relax with Hermione next year reciting the twelve uses of dragon blood or practicing wand movements. Moaning and yawning, Harry and Ron spent most of their free time in the library with her, trying to get through all their extra work. I'll never remember this, Ron burst out one of the afternoon, throwing down his quill and looking longingly out of the library window. It was the first really fine day they'd had in months. The sky was clear, forget-me-not blue, and there was a feeling in the air of summer coming. Harry, who was looking up Didany in 1,000 magical herbs and fungi, didn't look up until he heard Ron say, Hagrid, what are you doing in the library? Hagrid shuffled into view, hiding something behind his back. He looked very out of place in his moleskin overcoat. Just looking, he said, in a shifty voice that got their interest at once. And what are you up, Lotter? He looked suddenly suspicious. You're not still looking for Nicholas Flamel, are you? Oh, we found out who he is ages ago, said Ron impressively. And we know what the dog's guarding. It's the sorcerer's... Shh! Hagrid looked around to quickly see if anyone was listening. Don't go shouting about it. What's the matter with you? There are a few things we wanted to ask you as a matter of fact, said Harry, about what's guarding the stone apart from Fluffy. Shh, said Hagrid again. Listen, come on and see me later. I'm not promising I'd tell you anything. Mind, but don't go rabbiting about it here. Students are supposed to know. They'll think I've told you. See you later then, said Harry. Hagrid shuffled off. What was hiding behind his back, said Hermione thoughtfully. Do you think it had anything to do with the stone? I'm going to see what section he was in, said Ron, who'd had enough work. He came back a minute later with a pile of books in his arms and slammed them down on the table. Dragons, he whispered. Hagrid was looking up stuff about dragons. Look at this. 
Dragon Species of Great Britain and Ireland, From Egg to Inferno, A Dragon Keeper's Guides. Hagrid always wanted a dragon. He told me so the first time I've ever met him, said Harry. But it's against her law, said Ron. Dragon breeding was outlawed by the Warlocks Convention of 1709. Everyone knows that. It's hard to stop muggles from noticing us if we keep, were keeping dragons in our back garden. Anyway, you can't tame dragon. It's very dangerous. You should, you should see the burns Charlie got off the wild ones in Romania. But there aren't wild dangerous ones in Britain, are they? Said Harry. Of course there are said Ron, common Welsh green and Herbedian blacks. The Ministry of Magic has a job of hushing them. I can tell you, our kind have to keep putting spells on muggles who've spotted them to make them forget. So what on earth is Hagrid up to, said Hermione. When they knocked on the door for the gameskeeper hut an hour later, when they knocked on the door of the game keeper's hut an hour later they were surprised to see that all the curtains were closed hagrid called who is it before he let them in and then shut the door quickly behind them it was stifling hot inside even though it was such a warm day there was a blazing fire in the grate hagrid made them tea and offered them stoat sandwiches which they refused so you want to ask me something Yes, said Harry. There was no point beating around the bush. We were wondering if you could tell us what's guarding the sorcerer's stone apart from Fluffy. Hagrid frowned at them. Of course I can't, he said. Number one, I don't know myself. Two, you two, you two know already so much I wouldn't tell you if I could. That stone's here for a good reason. It was almost stolen out of Gringotts. I suppose you worked that all out, right? Beats me how you even know about Fluffy. Oh, come on, Hagrid. You might not want to tell us, but you do know. You know everything that goes on around here, said Hermione in a warm, flattering voice. Hagrid's beard twitched, and they could tell he was smiling. We only wondered who had done the guarding, really, Hermione went on. We wondered who Dumbledore had trusted enough to help him apart from you. Hagrid's chest swelled at these last words. Harry and Ron beamed at Hermione. Well, I don't suppose it could hurt her tell you that. Let's see. He borrowed Fluffy from me. Then some of the teachers did enchantments. Professor Sprout, Professor Flitwick, Professor McGonagall. He took them off on his fingers. Professor Quirrell and Dumbledore himself did something, of course. Hang on. I've forgotten someone. Oh, yeah, Professor Snape. Snape? Yeah, you're still not on about that, are you? Look, Snape helped protect the stone, so he's not about to steal it. Harry knew Ron and Hermione were thinking the same as he was. If Snape had been in on protecting the stone, it must have been easy to find out how the other teachers had guarded it. He probably knew everything except, it seemed, Quirrell's spell and how to get past Fluffy. You're the only one who knows how to get past Fluffy, aren't you, Hagrid? said Harry anxiously. And you wouldn't tell anyone, would you? Not even one of the teachers. Not a soul knows except me and Dumbledore, said Hagrid proudly. Well, that's something, Harry muttered to the others. Hagrid, can we have a window open? I'm boiling. Can't, Harry. Sorry, said Hagrid. Harry noticed him glance at the fire. Harry looked at it too. Hagrid, what's that? 
but he already knew what it was. In the very heart of the fire, underneath the kettle, was a huge black egg. Ah, said Hagrid, fiddling nervously with his bread. That's er. Where did you get it, Hagrid? said Ron, crouching over the fire to get a closer look at the egg. It must have cost you a fortune. Want it, said Hagrid. Last night, I was down in the village having a few drinks and got into a game of cards with a stranger. Think he was quite glad to get rid of it, to be honest. But what are you going to do with it when it's hatched, said Hermione. Well, I've been doing some reading, said Hagrid, pulling a large book under his pillow. Got this out of the library, dragon breeding for pleasure and profit. It's a bit out of date, of course, but it's all in here. Keep the egg in the fire. Cause their mothers breathe on them, see. And when it hatches, feed on it a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. And see here, how to recognize different eggs. What I got is a Norwegian Ridgeback. They're rare. He looked very pleased with himself, but Hermione didn't. Hagrid, you live in a wooden house, she said. But Hagrid wasn't listening. He was humming merrily as he stoked the fire. So now they had something else to worry about. What might happen to Hagrid if anyone found out he was hiding an illegal dragon in his hut? Wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life, Ron sighed as, an e as evening after evening they struggled through all the extra homework they were getting. Hermione had now started making study schedules for Harry and Ron too. It was driving them nuts. Then, one breakfast time, Hedwig brought Harry another note from Hagrid. He had written only two words. It's hatching. Ron wanted to skip herbology to go straight down the hut. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Hermione, how many times in our lives are we going to see a dragon hatching? We've got lessons. We'll get into trouble and that. Shut up, Harry whispered. Malfoy was only a few feet away when he had stopped dead to listen. How much had he heard? Harry didn't look didn't like the look on Malfoy's face at all. Ron and Hermione argued that all the way to Herbology and in the end, Hermione agreed to run down to Hagrid's with the other two during morning break. When the bell sounded from the castle at the end of their lesson, the three of them dropped their trowels all at once and hurried through the grounds to the edge of the forest. Hagrid greeted them, looking flushed and excited. It's nearly out, he ushered them inside. The egg was lying on the table. There were deep cracks in it. Something was moving inside. A funny clicking noise was coming from it. They all drew their chairs up to the table and watched with bated breath. All at once, there was a scraping noise and the egg split open. The baby dragon flopped onto the table. It wasn't exactly pretty. Harry thought it looked like a crumpled black umbrella. Its spiny wings were huge compared to its skinny jet body. It had a long snout with wide nostrils, the stub of horns, and a bulging orange eyes. It sneezed. A couple of sparks flew out of its snouts. Isn't he beautiful? Hagrid murmured. He reached out a hand to stroke the dragon's head. It snapped at his fingers, showing pointed fangs. Bless him. He looks like he knows his mommy, said Hagrid. Hagrid, said Hermione, how fast do Norwegian Ridgebacks grow exactly? Hagrid was about to answer when the color suddenly drained from his face. He leapt to his feet and ran to the window. What's the matter? Someone was looking through the gap of the curtains. It's a kid. He's running back up to the school. 
Harry bolted to the door and looked out. Even at the distance, there was no mistaking him. Malfoy had seen the dragon. Something about the smile lurking on Malfoy's face during the next week made Harry, Ron, and Hermione very nervous. They spent most of their free time in Hagrid's darkened hut, trying to reason with him. Just let him go, Harry urged. Set him free. I can't, said Hagrid. He's too little. He'd die. They looked at the dragon. It had grown three times in length in just a week. Smoke kept furling out of its nostrils. Hagrid hadn't been doing his gamekeeping duties because the dragon was keeping him so busy. There were empty brandy bottles and chicken feathers all over the floor. I've decided to call him Norbert, said Hagrid, looking at the dragon with misty eyes. He really knows me now. Watch. Norbert! Norbert! Where's mommy? He's lost his marbles, Ron muttered in Harry's ear. Hagrid, said Harry loudly, give it two weeks and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment. Hagrid bit his lip. I, I know, I can't keep him forever, but I can't just dump him yet. I can't. Harry suddenly turned to Ron. Charlie, he said. You're losing it too, said Ron. I'm Ron, remember? No, Charlie, your brother, Charlie. In Romania, studying dragons, we could send him. Charlie can take care of him and then put him back in the wild. Brilliant, said Ron. How about it, Hagrid? In the end, Hagrid agreed that they could send an owl to Charlie to ask him. The following week dragged by. Wednesday night found Hermione and Harry sitting alone in the common room, long after everyone else had gone to bed. The clock on the wall had just chimed midnight when the portrait hole burst open. Ron appeared out of nowhere as he pulled off Harry's invisibility cloak. He had been down at Hagrid's hut, helping him feed Norbert, who was now eating dead rats by the crate. It bit me, he said, showing them his hand which was wrapped in bloody handkerchief. I'm not going to be able to hold a quill for a week, I tell you that. That dragon's the most horrible animal I've ever met. But the way Hagrid goes on about it, you'd think that was the fluffy little bunny rabbit. When it bit me, he told me off for frightening it. And when I left, he was singing it a lullaby. There was a tap on the dark window. It's Hagrid, said Harry, hurrying to let her in. She'll have Charlie's answer. The three of them put their heads together to read the note. Dear Ron, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd be glad to take the Norwegian Ridge back, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. Trouble is, they mustn't see, be seen carrying an 